Hi, everyone. My name is Roshan. And my name is Josh. And I'd like to welcome you to our first ever talk on AX Talks, a podcast series where we discuss some of the world's most current issues and try to provide an interesting discussion for all of our listeners here today. Today, we're going to talk about the European, European Super League, a really controversial topic in today's news. And before we say anything more about it, Roshan, you want to provide us a quick intro about what it's all about? Yeah, um, the European Super League essentially is a league proposal comprising of Europe's top clubs. It aims to collect 20 clubs to play in the European Super League annually and has currently been signed on by 12 quote-unquote founding members from Europe. Uh, before we get into what we know about the European Super League, you may have heard that it is going to destroy the very definition of what is good about football. And so I think it'd be worth to look into what the current structure of football is and why that structure is worth preserving before we dig into the, 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 com- the complexions of the European Super League. The current structure is as such is that, well, whilst you may know, you, you may know of clubs like Manchester United, Chelsea Football Club, Liverpool Football Club, Barcelona, Real Madrid. All these clubs essentially play in their own domestic leagues. So the English clubs play in the English Premier League, the Spanish clubs play in La Liga, the Italian clubs play in Serie A. And these clubs play in these domestic leagues with the aim of becoming champions of their own countries. So if you win the Premier League, you are the English champion. Finishing second, third or fourth or even fifth in some instances also has its benefits. If you were to finish in these positions, you then qualify for the prestigious Champions League. And just like what it says in its name, it takes the very best of Europe's most elite leagues and pits them against each other in order to figure out who are the champion of champions. Um, This structure works because it is known as, quote-unquote, the footballing pyramid. In a sense that anyone can be European champion, anyone can become English champion, and anyone can qualify for the Champions League. The difference between the current structure and the European Super League that's being proposed is that the 12 clubs that have signed on are given a sense of automatic immunity. They can't be dropped. They can't exit this quote-unquote elite league. And that threatens the very definition of football because if you can protect clubs from being kicked out of elite tournaments, irrespective of their performances, then that's just the destruction of the very definition of the sport itself, in my opinion. But what we're hearing from these owners of the clubs that want to sign on to this European Super League is that this is for preservation. The pandemic has caused a lot of suffering for a lot of people around the world. And the same can be said for football clubs taking on a lot of debt and not being able to pay that debt because there are no fans in the stadium. So doesn't this, in a way, just allow these teams and owners to just recoup some of their losses? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um not, not only does it like dis- destroy the very definition of sport, um, one thing that's also worth highlighting is how it kind of crushes smaller teams. So as I said before, <coughs> in the English Premier League, there are 20 teams and they battle it out for becoming champions of, of England. But of these 20 teams, six of these big clubs have signed on to the European Super Leagues. But this decision will inevitably crush the other 14 le- clubs in this league. What you did say is true, Josh, is that these clubs have been hit heavily by this, the, the pandemic. It's hit everyone heavily, but it's also hit these smaller clubs heavily. And I would argue a lot more than what Manchester United or Manchester City are suffering from. Because these clubs have money. They have rich owners. They have some structures to put, that are put into place to protect them in a case of an emergency. But 
Crystal Palace, Fulham Football Club, Cardiff City, all these clubs are also elite football clubs, but just aren't as rich and are likely to have suffered more as a result of the pandemic. So even though everyone suffered from the pandemic, simply destroying these clubs, in my opinion, is just not the way. And like, is it just a purely financial decision? Because if it's based on strength, Leicester City should definitely be there, not likes of Arsenal and Tottenham. I know there's going to be a lot of stick from people that are Arsenal and Tottenham fans, but I'm just a bit, it's just a bit weird how the 12 teams have been decided. Is it just purely money, something related to the owners itself? Do you know anything about that? Yeah, I mean, the thing is, I don't think anyone knows. And like you said, like I'm a Manchester United fan, so I like to give a lot of stick to Arsenal Football Club and Arsenal fans. Arsenal haven't won a league title in like 15 years. I, I, when Leicester won one three, four years ago. And everyone's questioning the decisions that were, were the, 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 the factors that were considered into this decision, right? Like who gets in and who doesn't. Um, it just doesn't make sense. Leeds United are European champions. Tottenham Hotspur have never won a European championship, yet Tottenham Hotspur are selected. So it, it feels like it's a lot more than just a quote-unquote pedigree in Europe or, you know, the history of success. But what I think is also worth noting with regards to this is it's, it's, it's also meant to, to kind of supposedly bring a more on-brand, interesting version of football. When I think the Champions League does that ex- like precisely right now, like does it really well, if anything. Things like underdog stories, like Leicester City making the quarterfinals of the Champions League, West Ham United this season potentially occupying a Champions League spot will just be unheard of because the Champions League will no longer exist because of this automatic immunity that these clubs have. And the other thing worth noting is, and I think people are wondering how, how are these clubs being crushed, right? Well, yeah. it's all to do with TV rights. Broadcasters often bring the biggest amount of revenue because we pay um, um, these broadcasters to show us these games. BT Sport in the UK, for example, Sky. Um, and some of the broadcasters that, that are the biggest players in this game. And when there's a European Super League where Real Madrid will play uh, Manchester United and Liverpool will play uh, Inter Milan or AC Milan, they are going to move away from the Premier League because the Premier League only hosts quote-unquote weaker games or games between smaller teams. But it's these smaller teams that make the very backbone of the community in England, for example. Like Many of these clubs, even though they are currently owned by greedy rich owners, are built out of working-class communities. People, people who just wanted to see their team do well in a football league. And it just feels like the, the spirit that was there in the creation of these clubs just being taken away. Um, so it is really quite disappointing and quite heartbreaking. But yeah, I don't know. There's, there's a bit of hope. A lot of players and prominent players and prominent managers have spoken up again, uh, out against the Super League in the past 48 hours. So I guess we'll see what happens. But I guess just to wrap things up a little bit, it just goes to show how very rich, wealthy people who have no connection to the sport whatsoever can just destroy it like that. And we need to really re-examine the manner in which we hold these owners accountable. Because this never happened in Germany, by the way. All of you are wondering that there's Bayern Munich Football Club. Bayern Munich Football Club, Borussia Dortmund are, are two big, massive, gigantic German clubs that have won Champions Leagues before. They are European champions. They, are, they have pedigree. They have history. Yeah. But they rejected the invitation to the Super League. And it's because of the model. 51% of these clubs are owned by the people. The people own the clubs and therefore they have the final say. That's not the case in England. That's not the case in Italy and that's not the case in Spain. So 
we need to re-examine these things. But for now, I guess we can just hope and pray that 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 the sport we love isn't destroyed overnight. Yeah, and just to conclude before we end today's talk, I think if there's one big takeaway, it's that the reason you should care about this is because you're if you're part of the UK or you live in France or Germany uh, or Spain, wherever it is, small teams where you may live may not get the TV revenue that they need to keep afloat. That's why this thing is so destructive. Yeah, and I think exactly. On that note, hopefully hopefully the pressure from the fans, from the managers, from the players themselves uh, gets us to a position where we want to be. But that's all we have time for today. Just want to thank Roshan again for all the insight and Cheers, thank Josh. you all for listening. Uh, and hopefully by the next time we record our episode, we get a good reply from these owners and see what we can do. Uh, till then, have a good one. Take care.